Episode 325. Been a long year. It's been a hell of a year. We're ready for Game of the Year 2017. This week has felt like 20 <laughs> days long. Yeah, uh, that's only Wednesday. Yeah, man. The games they never stop. I mean, I think I goes joined by uh, joined by 1,000 year old Arthur Gies. <laughs> it feels that way sometimes. <laughs> Fucking bright wizard Matt Chandrine. Yay! Uh, uh, although in Vermintide, I, I make fire. Slightly less baby. Yeah. Baby yeah. James Faulkner yep. yeah, of cool. Twitch.tv. Yeah. What? New job. Yeah. I joined uh, uh, Twitch Studios, the internal production staff at uh, Twitch.tv. Awesome. Uh, I am going to be doing a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> I will be doing a lot Which of Which is not necessarily that different from a lot of what you no. spend time doing. No. At, at You're going to be doing a lot of streaming of spreadsheets? Whoa. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of the, the, the new categories now. Uh, it's yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff I did IGN, which is a lot of behind the scenes uh, of organization coordination. I used to think and... IGN spreadsheets were really intense, yeah. <laughs> like when I like had to organize something like Gamescom, mm. and then I saw like a game balance spreadsheet, and I was like, yeah. I was like, man, I was a fucking such a scrub. Yeah. Today on my Twitch channel, we're going to show you how to do a scaling sum formula mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. for columns A through Z. I, do, I would totally watch that. <laughs> no, actually, I... Twitch creative. I, I, would, I would, too, just because as I've been working in spreadsheets and stuff, especially in game design stuff, I've been like, you know, I'll see someone working in a spreadsheet really fast, and I'll be like, wait, yeah. how are you calculating that? <laughs> like, how is that happening? Magic. So, yeah, the, uh, it is like magic sometimes. It's, it's amazing how much doing like video production stuff like james did at ign and you know like what i do in game dev stuff and like arthur organizing review stuff how much like you you know when you're young you're like oh i don't ever want to use a spreadsheet we've actually moved to like legit project management software like we have Uh graduated from trello at polygon to asana yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah and so it's and so it's like now now that we're adults we're like oh man spreadsheets are so great they saved my life yeah, Jira is what most. Oh, well, I won't say most. A That's lot of the Atlassian use Jira. thing, right? A lot yeah. of customer yeah. service organizations use that. Yeah. We also we looked at Salesforce. We use stuff. we use Rally mm-hmm. is what we use. I don't mm-hmm. know who makes Rally, but mm-hmm. Rally Jira. It's all the same. You can have stories, defects, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. exciting Just, stuff. It is. Uh, yeah, exciting tasks so people can get those <laughs> tasks done. Yeah, Asana was exciting because you can have a task that appears in multiple projects. <laughs> oh. Like, the equivalent in Trello would be exciting. This stuff is Ooh. in Trello. That would be one card could appear in multiple boards, and every edit made to that card appears in every board that it's what? in. That was one of the main to reasons fair, we switched. As a designer, I I try and use Rally as little as possible. Like yeah. my Rally, most of the time, as an animator sends me something, and they're like, "Here's the fucking animation times," and I'm like, 
I answered him in. Fucking fuck off. You know, <laughs> the excitement of my job is there was a couple of days this year where I went through and took every game announced for this year and put it into Asana as a task and sorted it. It's pretty good. I used to have budgeting software. movie. It was called Movie Magic that I actually paid for. That's like really good for production budgets. And after a while, I realized I can make a better spreadsheet than this program does. And I did. Yeah, and that's what I use now. It's just a Google sheet that I just repeat for all my budgets. If if you want a job anywhere like a tech company or any any place that requires <laughs> any sort of coordination, yeah, which most places do. Yep. If, you, if you're dealing with with projects, learn spreadsheets or sheets yep. or Excel or any management. Apple software. Numbers is actually very useful. The way that like you can have individual spreadsheet tables and then you can move them as element on elements around a page. Even just knowing how to do like multiplying and like summing up columns. Or being yeah. good at looking that shit up on Google and oh, yeah. implementing totally. it fast. Yep. Basically formulas are great. Spread your mm-hmm. show your information as clearly as possible. That's yeah. a big thing. Learn basic design skills. It'll help you even with spreadsheets. Yeah. And how to navigate shit like Echo Sign. <laughs> oh, uh, God. I'm in Echo Sign too much. Yep. I don't even know what Anyway, uh, other it's than the spreadsheets what you video to, games. to virtually sign contracts. Yeah. Oh. I send out a lot of contracts. Yeah. Oh. Well, I've done that with DocuSign it, built into Google. Same thing. Yeah, people use DocuSign yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, yep. I've done that too, just because I was like, "Wait, you want me to find like a scanner? Fuck all that! <laughs> I will sign this with my mouse." Echo oh my god, I hate thing. it when I so hate it when people are like, uh, "You need to fax this in." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. Where is the kink? No, I don't. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. like, no, I'll just like use fax zero, and you can get an ad cover page. <laughs> Jesus I'll send Christ. a PDF. Uh, anyway, video games that aren't spreadsheets. Do, we, played do we play video games? I played. I've been playing more XCOM finally to play Long more. No, see, that's the thing. Pe- Along War 2. People like Dan Stapleton and stuff are, like, in it for, like, the brutal challenge that is XCOM. Like, mm-hmm. I want to lose guys on every mission, and I want to fucking <laughs> no. barely scrape by and fight the... the yeah, no They want, like, the, the USA drama of they the video game. They want to be game. punished. Like, like, they want season five, they finally make a breakthrough, and then season six, they fucking get beat to the ground. I don't want that at all. <laughs> I want to feel like an awesome team. We make it... We very occasionally lose someone. Mm-hmm. You very want the threat to feel real, but not overwhelming. Yes. That's how I play XCOM. And too. so yeah. I played Easy the first time because Easy was what uh, Jake Solomon, the creative director on that game, was saying, like, that's what normal from XCOM 1 became on XCOM 2. It became easy. Oh, really? Fuck, no I wonder, think I was no. playing that game on normal. I fucked up. Yeah, yeah because, no, no wonder normal felt so much harder. Exactly. <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, we made it the game overall harder. If you want the original XCOM experience for normal, it's now easy. Wow. And so I played on easy, and he's right. I lost like two or three people or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm playing on my new playthrough on normal with all the new DLC that's come out, like mm. Shen's Last Gift, where you can go on a mission. Like, basically, the new DLC all revolves around... There's a couple DLC packets, and they both rev- rev- revolve <laughs> revolve around what happened to your lead engineer and your lead doctor, your from lead researcher game. from the first game, ah. Dr. Violin mm-hmm. and Dr. Shen. Mm-hmm. Now, Shen's daughter is with you in the new game. Yeah. She's the new engineer. Yep. And so Shen's last gift is like a mission where you go, and that's how you get the basically the... The equivalent of uh, his story wrap games. up. No, it well, kind of, but it's it's a story wrap up. But it's also how you get. Uh, I think it's a story wrap up. I haven't played that one, mm. but it's how you get the new 
AI guys, like robots. Oh, uh-huh. And so, oh, cool. and so that's how you can get new robot soldiers. Oh, interesting. Kind of like how they had them in Enemy Within, I think, yeah. introduced robot guys. Huh. Um, or the mech suits. It was the mech suits. Oh, yeah, suits that's mech suits, yeah. yeah. I bought and, Enemy Within. And, 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 and Enemy Unknown had robots, but they were just like weapons platforms. Mm-hmm. But these ones are like actual like robots with guns. Uh, and then there's a new one where Dr. Valen, you find out that like after we lost the war, she basically went off and became some fucking crazy, uh, maybe in moving into very questionable genetic research territory <laughs> and bad things happened. I mean, she was always a little too enamored with her, with the corpses anyway. With right. The She's a little, anyway. you know, she had yeah. a little bit of like. You know, she had a little bit of Nazi scientist vibe going uh-huh. on, right? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, a little bit like the means fucking justified the ends. Uh-huh. And so you kind of see that future kind of play out for her. And, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and what happened as a result of that? And you go on a mission, and I'll say this. When you find that mission, and it's like, oh, we got some doctor... Man, do not go on that immediately. I was so early <laughs> in my game, and I was like, I got this. Didn't only had four dudes, not five dudes yet. Uh-huh. That mission is oh, so fucking brutally difficult. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a save? pre that i had to go back quite a bit yeah yeah and uh and i'll say that uh the, the one cool thing about it though is you get to take uh central like the guy that's always talking to you commander blah 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 mm-hmm. blah we're didn't gonna you talk this. didn't you talk about this before i don't know if i did you i definitely did i brought it up a long time yeah. ago because i wanted to play it but i'll just yeah. say now that i've played it I'm just saying it's brutally difficult mm-hmm. and it is unlike any i'll say it's unlike anything else in any other XCOM mission like wow. i'll say that that's the cool thing about those dlc mm-hmm. missions they actually added like a really cool boss fight that has totally hmm. different phases and stuff, unlike something I've ever hmm. kind of faced in XCOM. Cool. So, if you've been looking for a reason to go back to that, I feel like that's like a really solid pickup. And they've added a lot of, there's a lot of really interesting mods out there too. I forgot I added one that adds like all kind of like, well, I think it was called something like Wasteland outfits or something like mm-hmm. that. But it's got a lot of like bondage looking gear. And sometimes it, my guys just get Everybody a, knows the apocalypse, everyone's gonna be in, into S and M. Yeah, yeah. So apparently and so like one of my like my lead chain gun guy all the time I'll see it and we'll be heading back from a mission and you know like how if you've done a mission and you haven't lost anyone. Looks like he's got a second job. They're all the kinds armory. of smiles and like yeah. slapping their legs and stuff. Uh-huh. And I'll see him slap his legs and you can just see his big hairy legs sticking out between his like meshed kind of <laughs> legging things he's got going on. And you chose to install this mod? Uh, I, <laughs> I remember great. I was just installing visual mods. I was like, yeah, I'll take more customization options, but I didn't know that it would just like randomly throw them in there, you know? So. Get the corgi gun. Uh, I have not gotten that no, but I but I do have guys that occasionally have helmets that were ripped straight out of Blacklight Retribution. <laughs> oh, so, you, I think you did mention yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, that's still in there. So it's like nice. I, I mean, thing. there's no one at that company left to complain about it. Well, so. <laughs> that's one thing I've learned is that any UE3 game you can just rip models straight from it if you mm. know what you're doing. Is XCOM UE3 still? Uh, well, actually, I don't know. It's probably UE4 or UE3. I mean, I would assume 4 because but, the workflow is better. But Yeah, but Black, I don't know. But Blacklight was UE3 or UE4, yeah. right? Yeah, and my point to that is that the other day I saw Destin Legaria of IGN mm-hmm. post this video that's like, the coolest fucking superhero mods for GTA 5. And I was like, motherfucker, those are Marvel Heroes models. <laughs> that's the, someone just straight up ripped. Like, they didn't make their own Captain America. That's our Captain America. <laughs> and I went and did a little Googling, and I was like, like every character we've ever put out, you can play in GTA Five. They're not all great looking, but they're sure. fucking all there. And I was like, "Wow, I had no wow, idea this was like I mean, I, that's the thing is, it's like it's not even worth cease and desisting a bunch of individual. Nah, I mean, mod they're makers. not making money off it or yeah, exactly. anything. Exactly, but it was just a little surprising. Like I just yeah. had no idea that. 
there was this world out there where people were ripping models out of all these other games. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I know that sometimes yeah. it happens in Gary's Mod for, like, and sure. f- Source Filmmaker and stuff yep, like that. Yep, But, yeah, just, you know, just one of those things that I was like, this looks really familiar, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand. It also made me realize that the models, some of the high-res models from Marvel Heroes that have been more recent could totally be used in, like, a beat-em-up game, because yeah. that's what it looked like. But yeah, uh, other than that, <laughs> nice. I haven't really played that much that's new. I don't know. Still working my way through Plants vs. Zombies Endgame. <laughs> Still, yeah, I know. I You're like Arthur the Destiny guy playing a game that isn't Destiny. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, I also spent Going like... Rage, get sweet spent gear. Like 10 hours carving a, a replica model of like the thing I can't get in that game. So, <laughs> because you had to have played like 300 hours of the first one. What do you mean you carved a replica model? Like he made a sculpture I made in a the sculpture real world of the thing that he can't get in for the my virtual for world. Valentine's Day. And so it's That's like a chomper. Best. It's like a chomper. Like in all those games, except it looks like I feel like board. everyone in this room should forfeit their penises for that statement. No, it's awesome. We should awesome. all have our wieners taken away. No, no, no. It's, the, it's in for fact, my, it should for be For my exactly. girlfriend for Valentine's Day, I carved the Plants vs. Zombie golden thing that you had to play 300 <laughs> hours to get. In Plants vs. Zombies Garden but Warfare But your girlfriend loves Plants vs. Zombies. She does, yeah. So you did that for All her. The, uh, the other day, my friend Joe texted no, he me. Didn't. He's like, play Vermintide. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not home. And he's like, it says you're playing Plants vs. Zombies. And I was like, not me. <laughs> so, I keep texting you to play Vermintide, but you won't do it because I'm on PC and you're it's on not, Xbox. No, it's not that. I've, I'd gladly play with you on PC. No, just, I under, no, I understand. It's, it's, it's just okay. that I'm usually doing other things. I'm not hurt much. Like that he any. likes more than playing no, games with you. Know, watching yeah. Indiana Jones, doing other things. <laughs> my time lately. No, so. just, it's okay. I understand. Um, Arthur, what can you tell us about Prey? <gasps> uh, I played the first hour. Or more precisely, I guess I played the first 62 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> going by my video length. And this is still related story-wise to like the trailer with the guy with the bloody eye and stuff like that and like but yeah, remember that's like, all that's that's all still there okay because i just wasn't sure like what type of changes it's undergone because you know obviously it changed a big I mean, time from the initial since version. it was re-revealed last yeah. year i don't know that it's really gone through any changes yeah i basically know nothing about this game and i know that that's how you think it should be um i think that you can know some things about it i think you can know that and I, I will try to speak sort of in generalities and avoid spoilers because I think the first 15 minutes of that game, especially, is something that I think a lot of previews are just going to be like, oh man, this fucking awesome shit happened, man. It's so cool. This happened. And I just, I think about that and it makes me really mad. That makes me almost as mad as hearing people say it's Bioshock in space. And that makes me pretty mad. Why? <laughs> because it's not Bioshock in space, Do it's I have System a... Shock. Oh. Uh, but do I have a gun in one hand and powers on my left no. hand? No. Okay. No, you absolutely do not. If you're holding a weapon in that game, you were holding a weapon in that game. Mm. And the mods that you get and the abilities that you get are sort of separate from weapon usage, at least early on. What are uh, my mods based on? Is it technology? Uh, there's technology mods, and later there are other kinds of mods that I will not discuss. Because okay. I don't want to give away too much. But the premise is that you are on board a space station called Talos-1 uh, as a scientist, and something pretty bad has happened and you were trying to figure out what like what happened because there are giant gaps in your memory that you cannot explain initially uh and so you don't know what what's happened um there is a good sort of establishing premise thing for what happened and why that is but it is convenient yes Mm -hmm. um 
but uh yeah i i mean i realized that that system shock was a really long time ago and uh, really good i've never played system shock neither have i i just know about it but like <laughs> the, pre- the, release. the sort of setup of system shock is very very similar to the setup of prey in some practical ways as far as like the way the way you were on the, the ship, the way that you are sort of experiencing it, like the stuff that's happened, like the sort of idea of of memory and, and stuff like that. Uh, and are you just, dealing with malevolent AI? No, but there 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 is a mysterious enemy that mm. you were fighting. Is this like a space station that's like interspecies and all that? Or no, it's human. Okay, it's in the near future. It's not like super far future. Okay, um, and the visual design. Um, like if you look at Headlander as a game, like that takes the sort of uh, 70s sci-fi ship, like Logan's run and silent mm-hmm. runnings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and like adds the sort of like psychedelic 70s shit to it. Right. This does not do the psychedelic shit, but it very much feels inspired in its aesthetics by these sort of 70s space movies. L- like kind kind. I mean, from the trailers, it looks kind of like postmodern, uh, like home, like home design and stuff like that. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it would would you say it's more uh, like two thousand one, or is that like too too? I realist? think not as sterile mm. as two thousand one. There's a lot more sort of color in the way that pe- in the the uniforms work in the world at large. So maybe a little more like Solaris. I suppose so. I would I would really like point to things like Logan's Run and Silent Runnings. Yeah, as as cool. like. Sort of. sounds cool yeah and and so it has a very distinct visual style uh it is very much a successor to system shock um and i think that that you're talking mechanically or just thematically? mechanically mechanically and systemically mm-hmm. um what like people keep comparing it to bioshock because when you look at it you see your hand like the it starts out and you see your hand like and it can reach the stuff and it's like got the x and y button prompts on the screen exactly the way they are in bioshock and it's like oh so it's bioshock mm. but that's not it's more dishonored probably i i mean it's it's sort of but dishonored sort of borrows from bioshock in a, in a way more than this does mm. because like you've got your powers and weapons yeah and this the, this there's much more it feels like a delineation between those two things but even Dishonored was pulling from the same sort of lineage that Bioshock was. Sure. Um, Bioshock is named Bioshock because it was a spiritual successor in many ways to System Shock. Yeah. yeah. But it was also made in an era where technical limitations meant that game, a game like that would need to be separated into levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dishonored is another example of a game like that that needed to be separated into levels. And Dishonored 2's levels were slightly bigger, but I feel like Prey is an example of a game that because of the improvement in technology and just memory available to designers, they can go back to those sort of very ambitious games from the late nineties and early aughts and apply modern sort of concepts of production design and and production value to these more open spaces. And so prey is not separated into levels. Prey takes place in this space station and you can walk wherever you want. And you, there's stuff that's unlocked by getting new abilities. Sure. But as a space, it is not divided into stages. Mm-hmm. And that is something that very much defines Bioshock. Yeah. So does the space feel kind of more Zelda-ish or like an Arcan- Arkham Asylum? I would say it's sort of Metroid-ish. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Metroid is sort of a very close comparison because it's like the space station with some creepy shit going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. And also... As with System Shock, like you can fight 
the things that you'll find, but a lot of times it just, it just might seem like a better idea not to. Yeah. To um, avoid or hide. Yeah. Uh, and hiding really seems like something that it, it wants you to do. And in there are times where you can't, and those can sort of vacillate between terrifying and cathartic in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are definitely very hardcore jump scares in that game. Like I jumped in my seat at a couple of points and I'm sure the Bethesda people thought it was hilarious um, because I came in a little bit later than everybody else. So I think I was a little farther or, or farther behind yeah. than everybody else. So like they had already done their jumping by the time I was doing my jumping. <laughs> right. Um, but there are things that that game does and it's opening 20 to 30 minutes that only a few games I can think of have ever really done successfully. And it does them successfully. Hmm. Um, and it like, is there it, any examples you can give without no, spoilers? I, no, no. I don't think so, but it does. It uses its format in a way that to do things that it would not be able to do in other mediums. Hmm. Like a book would not be able to do the things that it does Yeah, uh, to sort of play with your experience and a movie would not either. Yeah. Um, so how cool. long at what point do i pass through a portal to go to different places and change different sizes <laughs> yeah, exactly never <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the stuff you always remember about uh, uh the old one when about, i die do I, do I participate yeah. in a bow shooting mini game to bring, <laughs> yeah, back. To bring myself back yeah, yeah. i like it, that is sort of like the weird leftovers right that it's like well, why is this called prey yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't need to be that it could have been something else and i don't feel like that game had the kind of cash it that justifies calling this game prey yeah. i mean i i don't necessarily agree is it, 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 it being a reboot that it is basically like well we're just gonna take the name because the name's cool because we own it and and like you don't necessarily have to like pay any attention to what came before i guess that's true if they're just, just trying to start praising yeah, i mean the, the the but one of the cool things that gets left behind by like rebooting the 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 ip i guess is that you know it had this uh however cheesily applied it was a you know a native american uh that's true hero and setting where the aliens come in and attack and stuff like that and that is something that you don't see in games. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer to not to not have that around anymore cuz I've always associated prey with the idea that of a native american uh hero and kind of like sort of like mythic, you know, alien/spirituality applied to it like the whole like yeah. to get back to life I'm going to shoot arrows at this thing so that I can like crawl back through the tunnel into the earth. And absolutely none of that was in what I played and there is no suggestion whatsoever that anything even remotely resembling that is in this. Um, like, I'm sure you're just white guy again. No. No, you're an Asian man or woman. Oh, well, that's cool. Uh and you pick at the very beginning like mm. before you even start the game there's like a, a oh good for them an asian man staring at the window looking at his bloodshot eye and an mm-hmm. asian woman staring at a mirror and looking at her bloodshot eye and you just pick which one you want to be oh, okay. they must have changed it because i remember the bloodshot eye in the original video looked definitely like a white dude white bearded dude i, think. I don't think so no i think there's just like a pasty asian guy mm. <laughs> uh well um but, but it's yeah. definitely you from what you played you're like i will play this yeah i the the thing that I suggest in my my preview, without saying as much, is that I wish that I had not gone to this appointment. Sure, because now you're gonna have to replay that first <laughs> because, hour. Yeah, if I'm the one that reviews it, like I have to go back in and like there's no way to sort of recapture that the yeah. experience yeah, but of playing you can that. Remember how you felt the first time. 
I guess, but it's like, it's something that's so fleeting and ephemeral and experience it again will make me think I thought certain things that maybe I didn't. Mm. Um, like there's no to way to, to have that experience yourself, again. Uh, no, I know myself too well to do that. Uh, <laughs> I know myself too well to trust myself. <laughs> so it's just, I like, we talked a little bit about it last week that like one of the few luxuries I have doing this job is that like I can form an opinion before I hear a bunch of other opinions. Yeah. Yep. Um, and one of the things being a reviews editor has allowed me is I don't do a ton of preview things. Mm-hmm. And so that affords me the luxury of not, of largely ignoring a lot of pre-release coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that has allowed me to sort of approach games more on what they are than what they're sold as. Yeah, um, definitely. And I appreciate that because I feel like too often games are sold as things that they are not, or games are just like sort of chopped up piecemeal and sold that way over time to try to get people interested in, which mm-hmm. seriously damages the way that they, that they are consumed. Or the well, way and how often on this show have even we talked about like, this game was sold as, and when I played it, it was this, and it yeah. did not live up to the thing it was sold as. Right. Yeah, you know, right. the most recent example being No Man's Sky. Yeah, right. And some part of me is like, that's why, I, why I haven't bought uh, Horizon. Like, I have a bunch of people who are like, oh, Horizon, I'm so excited for Horizon. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. I've I seen very like, little about that game, and I just feel like I don't actually. I know the way it's being sold, and I don't know if that's what it's going to be. Like last week I went to Prey, which is a preview event, and today I went to to see Mass Effect, which I can say because other people tweeted pictures of going to Mass Effect. <laughs> and um, another preview event. Yeah. Uh, and in in a practice that is common for these events, it mm-hmm. started with a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> yeah. And like... Mass Effect will God, take you me. across the stars in an unprecedented journey. And it's journey. just like, this is a way for you to frame things a certain way and get people to relay your talking points as yep. their own ideas. Like, it's yep. a way to turn previews into marketing material. Yep. And That's the only reason they have PowerPoints. And I don't want to do that, and nope. I don't want that to creep into my reviews. I don't want, like, your back-of-the-box, like, or marketing language to be in the things that I write about this stuff. And, and yeah, I just... I, I going to things like prey like i'm torn because it's like holy shit this is really cool Mm -hmm. and then it's like uh but now i know now i've seen it now i can't unsee it (laughs) like i wish that i could unsee it so that i could experience this fresh for the first time when i have a chance to play through the game yeah and even going through stuff like that it's like well i don't really have time to go over there and explore that the way that i would want to because i've only got an hour um and that changes the way that you play things yeah um, so, so in some ways I regret that I went to see, to, to go play it because now having done it and knowing how interested I am in the game, I wish that I could come to it from a blank slate. What would you say that about all previews then? Basically in general, you don't want to do previews cause it doesn't, cause it means that there's a chance you might have to do it a second time. I think some games it's, there's kind of an exception to it. Like I, I didn't really feel that way about Gears of War for because mm-hmm. that's that's a action game less narrative driven yeah and it's and i mean it's it is narrative driven but it's not as sort of the narrative is not I, maybe the premise doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting in gears of war yeah i was trying to think how to phrase and, that and it's not like a thematically driven game um and the premise isn't going to define the gameplay either whereas like prey is very thematically driven mm. and there are very cool things happening and 
I think that the premise is really important and that the less you know about it, the more interesting it will be going in and the more likely it is to grab you. Um, and I think that there are certain games like that, like as we've talked about a little bit on the show before, but a game like Fez mm-hmm. is an example of a game where knowing nothing about that game's premise and walking into it makes that game more special, I think, than knowing a bunch about that game and playing yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and same thing with Limbo or Inside. Mm-hmm. Like what, mm-hmm. Inside is one of the few games where I feel like everybody did a pretty good job of saying this game is great. I'm not going to tell you anything about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I felt the same way about The Witness, even several years removed. Like the first time I went into The Witness and saw like one of the puzzles that involves panes of glass that change the color of light and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, I saw that in like 2012. <laughs> like, I wish I hadn't seen that because I already knew how it worked. I was like, ah, I, I kind of remember this. You do yeah. this to change it. And I was like, ah, there was that lack of discovery mm. for a lot of those moments. And The, and the Witness's whole thing is discovery. Yeah. So. so yeah so i mean i don't know pray i am excited for pray that game comes out really soon in like, march it's may 5th hmm. wow um nintendo so switch exclusive so <laughs> oh man switch <laughs> anybody uh, pre-ordered switch i, I have one it. pre-ordered yeah, yeah. Oh, i need to, uh, I need to and change. i pre-ordered zelda for it but did you have a pre-order to go to the ign office i did <laughs> I mean, you can go pick that's it fine. Up. Or you yeah. can change the the. Ship. No, if you change the address, they might cancel the pre-order. That's fine. Yeah. Then they'll just send it there. It's an Amazon pre-order too. I'm pretty sure I did that at the old One Up offices. I had something shipped there after we got laid off, and I had to go get it. So <laughs> awkward. Yeah, that's fine. That's I'll fine. just go visit, visit him. Yeah, it's fine. You've got friends. You left yeah. on reasonably decent terms. I think I, I left on very good terms with IGN. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So. Prey. Prey is very interesting. I strongly advise you don't watch the video that is up of it, including mine. <laughs> uh, Please don't enjoy my site's content. I. It's funny because like when I put it up, when I set it to publish last night at like midnight my mm-hmm. time, which and the, the embargo was seven a.m. Pacific time, at which point I was still asleep. Yeah. Uh, and so I let the video people know that they could put the video in there somewhere, but I wasn't going to put it in, like because I didn't. I I didn't I hadn't edited or I edited it but I hadn't put it into our system or YouTube mm-hmm. and so when I woke up what originally was the the header image was an image someone had put the video as the main image and so it's like video first hour of prey and then underneath it it's I don't think you should know anything about prey <laughs> I'm like there's some cognitive dissonance happening <laughs> it's, and it's good. like that is the reality of my job right that i have yeah. to show like that i have to provide you the opportunity to look at things that i think that you should ignore well i mean but there's also the there's all i mean like you have yes the the luxury and the ability to look at stuff early and form an opinion in a vacuum but you know from the consumer perspective it's also it's also nice to feel like you're part of something or feeling the thing that's on its way you know that that i can pay attention that i can get excited about it and that i can get involved in the hype and not have to suffer any consequences of being involved in that hype except maybe my own disappointment if it doesn't measure up to my expectations yeah having having your purchase maybe not justified but yeah but but like being like oh i have interest in this but i think you also did probably provide a service being like hey you if you if this seems like your jam may, maybe 
take take like don't don't try to consume everything about it yeah yeah exactly you'll actually like spoil some of that for yourself yeah, which the, is which is like totally a service provided to the consumer but to the to the consumer who is like i don't care i'm you, just you gonna absorb everything that i want yeah, you have I, I think it's a totally okay too. to have it both ways yeah for yeah. me for me uh, nowadays as a consumer when i look for stuff i usually just want gameplay like i want to see yeah. gameplay just kind of make up my own mind and then i'll decide how much of it i want to watch and I'll say that that is a tricky thing. The Giant Bomb guys talk about it all the time when they're making their quick look videos. Sometimes they'll be like, if you're actually interested in buying this game, you should probably just uh, turn this off. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes it is hard, right? I, yeah. If the things that I have said about Prey are interesting to you and like you're a fan of System Shock or you like that sounds good to you, then I think that you should take a chance on that game. Mm. Um, if you're not comfortable taking a chance, then... Did okay. they talk about yeah. how long that game was? I know that's like such a fucking. I think twenty to thirty question. hours. I was just wondering if it was like a lengthier game or more like. A I think sh- probably like original Bioshock length or maybe longer. Mm. Hmm. Original Bioshock was a long game. It was yeah. too long. It was like five to seven hours too long. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's definitely a thing to be said also for you know like. Uh, you don't have the money to buy very many games. So the way that you vicariously experience all the games that you can't buy is by absorbing all. Right. The and I don't think can. I can't speak to those people. Yeah. I like know. if yeah. instead of buying resident evil seven, you're going to watch someone play through all of it on YouTube. I can't mm-hmm. like our review is not for you. Yeah. Like I just, I can't, I can't speak that's to what that. Twitch is for. Um, yep. Yeah. And again, that's, it's the serve like there's enough platforms out there for people that either want, confirm what they're purchasing which is partial reviews are there are like they're a consumer service sure um and then like yeah like there's there's the twitches of the world yep twitches and plenty of youtube videos you can just watch of people playing through a game yeah there's there's plenty of twitch streams that i'll watch where i'm like i'm never gonna buy that game but i want to watch other people play it i just like rolling into my eighth year of doing this now jesus christ uh i just I increasingly get frustrated that there's not more sort of thought about the user experience or like how we affect the way that people experience things. Like, yeah, I just don't, I don't think that it's fair to just massively spoil, like blow out spoilers on something because like, that's the easy road. Like it's too easy to just like give a play by play of a demo yeah, and say everything that happens and call it a day. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like at that point, don't even put up written anything. Just fucking <laughs> plus capture and put it up online. <laughs> there's your fucking blow by blow. Yeah, well, I mean, th- that's kind of the point of preview coverage is that it's like it's not it's it's advertising. Yeah, that's all preview coverage is, is advertising. We're, you know, we're, and it's like you can you can apply, you know, like. Uh, various levels of integrity to your preview coverage and depending on the site and depending on the previewer, various levels of integrity are applied as opposed to just being a stenographer. But uh, I think reviews are really where the the rubber hits the road when it comes to something that's providing a service to the consumer, but also back to the industry where it's like you have people who are outside of the game development process evaluating a game. And that's important in any medium to have people looking at it that aren't involved in the actual painting of the painting. That being said, I've had people I've worked with legitimately, no joking aside, ask me how many times uh, I was 
uh, we were paid to write reviews. Oh yeah, I'm not surprised. Not because, and it's not because, and it's not even with malice or anything. No, it's just a thing they just assume happens. Yeah, everybody believes that it happens because it it, it does happen to a lot of sites out there that aren't IGN and that aren't Polygon. Everybody I would thinks, even say a lot of sites, and certainly yeah, probably not, not even a lot. Not for the games that you'd think. Right. Not for the kinds of games that you'd think. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, probably like, like no, a small little thing that. It yeah, like uh, like EA will totally give away Battlefield. You know, to a bunch of YouTube streamers because they expect that they're going to stream it, but yeah. they're not paying those people like actual now, dollars to talk. They about are. Not necessarily saying, that that does happen though. Nowadays yeah. though, nowadays yeah. though, paying for a review would be so much more risky and potentially a press disaster, and not worth it compared to just paying an influencer to play on Twitch or something. Yeah, yeah. and just hit your bullet points and put it up as hey i was paid to do this or but. i think the new thing is to give someone a bunch of copies of something for giveaways like to yeah. give them stuff sure i mean that's away. even cheaper don't even pay them just find a streamer who's like doing pretty good numbers but not huge and you're like so you're saying we find five thousand of those people we give them all these copies to give away and then someone goes to twitch that day and they say fucking what is this game and why is it the biggest game on twitch today i'll check it out <laughs> right yeah totally like <laughs> I think about that all the time. Like, and I don't blame them because if I was making a game, I'd be thinking about how do we get on that? You know, because the dollar for dollar win has to be so much better. I don't know. When you see, uh, and one thing that I appreciate I in mean, like Steam reviews is you see a lot of in Steam reviews now, people say, like, you know, I got this game for free. And then yeah. they talk about it. And it's like that's the first line in their like Steam yeah. review. Amazon reviews, I've noticed that happening a lot more too. Hmm. I've received a review copy of this. Mm-hmm. Like, and, right. Because if they don't, then their review will be delisted and they won't be able to post reviews anymore. So. Yeah, but that's actually helpful because I, I do I super helpful. discount a lot of this. I do wonder if like the effect of quote influencers is going down as far as like purchase intent because it seemed like talking to people on the other side of the industry. It seems like the the ROI is decreasing somewhat that people aren't like seeing someone play something on a stream and buying it in part because there's just so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think I it's Maybe also a trust. The return thing. investment might have gone down, but it's still a very cheap investment compared yeah. to paying for a full page <laughs> ad on a website. Yeah, definitely. Like you could pay a million dollars for I don't know how long that would get you. I on think IGN. you advertise on certain places based on affluence of audience. Sure, like, I'm just saying the website paying for like a full page website on an IGN or an, like a fucking I don't know Wired or something would mm-hmm. be like you could probably pay like a thousand or more influencers for that same money. Like no problem. Like it's just the, it's hard when you look at that and think how many views to views. Plus people aren't going to use ad blocker to watch this influencer. So, you know, like Mm. it's just tough. Yeah. It is a weird market out there for that sort of shit. Yeah. (laughs) I don't blame people for trying to figure that out at all. Um, no, I mean, like the marketing budgets are there for a reason. And it's because, you know, like advertising, no matter how much you hate it, advertising works. Oh, yeah. Advertising gets people to buy stuff that when they I may not buy station, otherwise. I wanted to smoke cigarettes by the time I quit. <laughs> That's not a joke. I used to yeah. do it all the time. I was like, I want a pack of Lucky Strikes. Fucking <laughs> 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 so weird. Man, that camel looks like he's having so much fun. And, and I should say that that's weird, too, because cigarettes don't even advertise anymore. Yeah. Like, I forgot. I didn't even realize that that became illegal in my lifetime mm-hmm. until I thought about it. And I realized that I used to look at a lot of, like, 
like ads know. in magazines that yeah would, like i don't know. know what type of magazines it would have been maybe like people magazine maybe like I people, people or people when i was or, in high school who knows like what people it was had but, cigarette yeah, ads. camel ads and stuff yeah. like wasn't, that wasn't wasn't camel ads and like game pro and stuff like that? maybe no but i remember put, seeing those were considered children's publications but i remember seeing like you know like growing up seeing like ads of like the marlboro man on also when cigarette ads were legal in magazines advertising space in game magazines was actually at a premium like yeah. they were selling That's when the books were like three times as thick because <laughs> yeah. it was like a 300 page magazine and two thirds of it was ads. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. in the final issue of VGM I worked on, they were like, Hey, do you want to write something about something? Cause we lost one of our ads and the papers we already paid for. So we got to put something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there, I mean, God, what an era where like, Guys, we've got to figure out more stuff to write because we've got these ads that need to be on the other side of the page. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking weird. God. Yep. Uh, I've also been playing Halo Wars 2. How's that? I want the one sentence. Should I play it? Did you like Halo Wars? I did. Probably. Should I play it on PC? I think it works on console. It is exponentially easier on PC. If you play it on PC, you need to turn the difficulty up because oh, a mission where I was like working to to make things happen on console, I switched to PC halfway through, and it's like, oh god, this is <laughs> well, I have to your so much easier. Even for a scrub like me, your actions per minute probably go from like twenty or something. Like, actually, you know what? That's being very generous. My actions I think per minute certain things are around eighteen. It's, yeah, it's so, funny because yeah. I actually think that accessing commands like switching between bases and fire teams and bringing up leader commands and all that stuff that's actually faster on the console Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like hold down a trigger and hold down the left trigger and you bring up your leader abilities like Mm -hmm. right and eventually if you have muscle memory you just snap stick one here's your repair drones or here's your odst drop and it's like it's like choosing a weapon in fps yeah uh and like holding down the right trigger and hitting up twice to go to control group one or left twice to go to control group two that's fast like that's as fast, if not faster, than like reaching up to hit the one or the two key on your keyboard. And so, is it a? It's a. Uh, is Halo Wars a campaign and multiplayer? Yes. It's a. It's interesting to actually see an RTS hit a console because like, I remember when because it's been a long time. It's been a long time, almost since the last Halo Wars. Yeah, I, and I can't actually think of an RTS that's hit consoles since yeah. the last Halo Wars, which was two thousand nine. Yeah, because and I remember when that came out, and everybody was like, "See, you can do." rts is on consoles and everybody's like wow just like halo defined you know that you can do fps on console they define that you can do rts I would on argue console that halo wars was a less sophisticated implementation of an rts than halo i would was. i would agree but i mean like the 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 mantra it was fun at, for what it was yeah and the mantra at the time was like here's a model that the industry can expand on to oh, do I rts on the, console. the mantra was select all units all units <laughs> well yeah local <laughs> units so yeah so that is in halo wars 2 like mm-hmm. hitting the right bumper is select all units yeah uh but <laughs> that doesn't work here. as well as it did in the first one mm. because there are too many times where you've got multiple points of egress Mm-hmm. and your army is not fast enough to jump from one battle to another to another like you have to have multiple forces in multiple spots and you need to control them and bounce back and forth between them yeah i mean uh, the other thing with halo wars one is you you could just turtle and then you're like all right i got scorpions i got marines i got spartans uh-huh. ATs, let's roll out and yeah. you would just like crush the entire map <laughs> um turtle select all units i go. a guide Sorry. for that somewhere in 2009 
Yeah. I think it was for my cheats back in the day. That probably on right. archive.org somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so, so like, it, it is much more important to, to have control groups, to have, like, these are my air units that can move around the map quickly because, like, when you have a group of, a, a, a group of units that's mixed, they tend to all move at the speed of the slowest unit. Mm. Um, and that's a problem because the maps feel bigger than they did in Halo Wars. And so, like, if something is going down at your base and you're doing something, then you're not going to make it back in time. Unless you separate out the fast ones to get there first and start yeah, the shit. exactly. Or, or you just have a second force like that's ready to move around. But a lot of missions in this have three control points that need to be taken and they can be retaken by the banish, which is the sort of the X covenant forces that you're fighting in the game. Uh, and so you'll, you'll take a with your one big force and then you'll move your big force to B. <laughs> and then while you're taking B all of a sudden you start losing a, mm-hmm. and there's still C to take, which they took already. Yeah. And if they get to, if they fill up their dominance bar before you, you lose, you lose the mission. For mm-hmm. sure. So, little, so like you got to do some spreading out. Yes. And you need to be able to respond quickly and you, in eventually you just want to have like one force that can rapidly respond between your base and a point and the sort of main can expeditionary you rapidly swap force. between like hot groups. Yes. So okay. holding the right trigger and hitting up is group one left trigger is two down is three and right is four and double tapping any of those directions goes to the group. Hmm. Um, and there, I don't think this was an ability in the first one that Spartans, which you, you have at least one Spartan for almost every mission. Spartans can hijack vehicles. Cool. Um, like lots of units have a secondary ability, like Marines have grenades if you research it, and Warthogs can do a charge and stuff like that. And Spartans, if you tap Y, they'll fucking jump like 60 feet in the air and land <laughs> on top of a vehicle and hijack it. Uh, so you need to be able to sort of switch between different unit types and, and really make that stuff happen. Is the and campaign all from the perspective of the UNSC? Yes. Okay. Um, so if you have a, um, uh, and, and is it like, as you go through the campaign, does it change the units that are available to you and the things that you have to accomplish and stuff like that? Does it mix it up like Starcraft two does? Um, yeah, there are some missions where you don't have like much of a base to speak of where you mm-hmm. need to make do with what units you have and you can like call in more or get more. Uh, by finding them, but also just mm-hmm. like increasingly on maps, it's just like here's two points where enemies can come from. Now here's three points. Here's five points. <laughs> oh, here's <wow>. six points. <laughs> also, this map has like a giant forerunner vehicle that it just wandering the map aimlessly, and if it comes across you, it will fucking ruin you. <laughs> and uh, you can't take it down, or you can't. You can't. You can fuck it up, but you can't kill it. Mm. Wow. I think I'll play this on PC at least to start just because I mean, it doesn't matter because first of all, you get it on both. And second of all, you can use the controller on the PC if you want to. Cool. Um, can, can, can you use them both in tandem? Like if you wanted to like hot swap, hot swap or something like that. I don't know. I think that it, I have to assume closer control, whatever, <laughs> whatever it detects last is what it is, what it thinks you're using. Like, mm. cause that's the way it works in every other play anywhere game. Like when you hit a button on a controller, it switches from the press E to start prompt to press a, right. Yeah. Uh, and then when it feels the mouse move, it switches back to space bar and yep. all that shit. That's it's play on both, but is it cross play multiplayer? I don't I think so. <laughs> cause that would seem <laughs> a little rough. Um, I have not played any multiplayer whatsoever. Like no multiplayer has been scheduled for this game and it's not out yet. Yeah. So, uh, no call. It was a call in the first game. I thought there was, I don't remember actually. 
I don't remember either. Uh, to clarify something that I said last week, by the way, it is not pre-orders that get the definitive edition of Halo Wars on PC and Xbox One. It is Ultimate Edition purchasers. Hmm. Who also get the game four days early. Uh, there's too many uh, gold, premium, ultimate, whatever editions for Yeah, I agree, because it really fucks with embargoes for uh. me. Um, so anyway. Sto- uh, story? The story, so I was, it's funny, I was telling this to Phil, like, a couple days ago that uh, I I am shocked to tell you that the story in Halo Wars 2 is significantly more coherent than Halo 5's story. <laughs> uh, because it, it has the luxury of like having like a more self-contained group of characters and not mm. being like the, the galaxy, the fate of the galaxy sort of like stakes mm-hmm. yeah. that is in Halo, in Halo 5 or every mainline Halo game with yeah. the Master Chief is just like, if you don't do this, the galaxy is dead. Yeah. And this is like, if you don't do this, your ship is dead. <laughs> it's an easier story um, to tell. Halo Wars did have co-op, online co-op. Yeah. Really? Uh, nice campaign. I don't believe this does. Maybe they'll add it at a later time. It wouldn't surprise me because Microsoft has been doing that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has cutscenes made by Blur. There's probably what? about 40 minutes or so of Blur as, as the last Jesus. couple games have had as well. Halo, Halo 5 had Blur 40 cutscenes. 40 minutes of cutscenes. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> there's $80 million. It's like a million dollars a minute, I think, yeah. is what Still. has said. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was a little less in yeah. this, because like Microsoft gets like a bulk rate discount. Yeah, but I bet you they probably made something like an hour and 20 minutes of it and then cut it down or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, too. there's no way they make more than they use. They would just put it in the game. Uh, <laughs> and I, the characterization, I think, is actually pretty strong in large part due to those cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Um, are these a- characters that have been t- spoken about anywhere before, or are they all new characters? I mean, most of them are characters that were in the first game. Oh, okay. I just wasn't mm. sure if maybe like they were like because the first game, man, I don't remember the first game. The first game story. took place uh, before Reach. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. And so this one takes place after. It's about twenty to thirty years later. Okay, so it's like because after at the Halo end 4? of the last one, they went into the Shield world, and then they ended up in a part of the universe that was uncharted, and so they basically went into cryo sleep while they tried to figure out what to do. I feel like there's been this books them about coming this back. Yeah, this is them coming out. Like, it opens with a letter from their AI that told them, like, that the ship had been upgraded, that they'd, that they'd made repairs because the ship was pretty fucked up at the end of the last one, and also that their AI committed suicide because it reached the end of its seven-year lifespan. Yeah. Um, and so there's a new AI because there's bad things happen in the Halo universe when your AI doesn't self, <laughs> self-delete at seven. is a big thing. A rampancy is a problem in case if you haven't played Halo 5 and you're not aware, rampancy <laughs> is bad. I mean, that's been a whole thing in that in the old book series and yeah. everything. Is like, I mean, the, that's been that's been Bungie's like main storyline ever <laughs> right, since yeah. the marathon, marathon right? Yep, yep, yep. Also, like Cortana has demonstrated signs of rampancy since the first Halo. Yeah. Uh, well, particularly now in Halo she's just, 2. Now she's just nuts. Now she, well... It remains to be seen. I think we're I know, still in dumb. the statute of limitations for spoilers on Halo yeah. 5 somewhat. But I don't even remember Halo 5. I barely I, remember, I remember all of Halo 5, but it was totally incoherent. And mm-hmm. it felt broken up. And this does not. Uh, but then it was funny, today I finished it this morning before I had to go to, to Redwood City. Uh, and, like instantly it is exactly like a halo game in that it absolutely does not have an ending that gives you any resolution whatsoever <laughs> well we fought him well now what actually wait till the next time <laughs> i i don't want to give details away because it's the fucking ending it does not have any resolution whatsoever yeah okay play for the as resolution in that like we did the thing that we said we were gonna do <laughs> well and now 
Bleh. It's good to know that Microsoft is carrying on the Bungie tradition when it comes to all of their franchises. Well, it, this shipped on time, so that's that's <laughs> one counterexample there. <laughs> well, I'm just Shit. saying when it comes to story, Bungie has never satisfactorily finished it's a game It's also a game I never sure. expected to see. Exactly. Like, yeah, I, yeah, and I think this is what my conclusion is going to say, but like, I could not tell you why Halo Wars 2 exists as a <laughs> business proposition. Because they, they need a Halo game? No, they don't need a Halo I mean, it's game. It's kind of like Mirror's Edge. Like Mirror's Edge 2 that we ever got that was crazy. They clearly spent a lot of money on this. Like, Creative Assembly spent a lot of time on this. It's a very crafted game. There are a lot of fucking bugs in the version I'm playing. Mm. Uh, like, strange bugs. Is it a pre-release version? Or? It's the final retail version, but I don't know if the day one patch is in or not. I don't know if there is a day one patch. Hmm. Um, but there are bugs that are replicated across PC and console and bugs specific to PC and specific to console. Hmm. Um, including one where, as Spartans, if you hijack a vehicle, the vehicle will not move. <laughs> like, you can no longer move it. And Oops. you'll only be able to move it after the enemy destroys that vehicle and your Spartan is released from it. Okay. Prison. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You hijacked the wrong vehicle, motherfucker. This has got Lojack. You got the Lojacked one, so you're just sitting in that wraith. Uh, but, like, Blizzard can't make a successful RTS at this point. Like, I'm sure that Wing, like, that Legacy of the Void sold fine. Yeah. But it did not sell Diablo numbers. It didn't sell anything remotely close to fucking Overwatch or even a WoW expansion. And like, that's well the thing i mean like because the the numbers for a successful game have changed over the years and it's like for something with a budget the size of halo wars or starcraft 2 you have to sell a lot of units to actually be considered successful over an indie game we've talked about this before but like when it comes to rts's rts's are hard they're hard to use, they're hard to control, they're hard for people to figure out what's going on. And it's a multiplayer on. game. I'll say that at least for Wings of Liberty, it was probably a much cheaper game. Or I mean, like Legacy the, of the Void. The other way, Legacy mm-hmm. of the Void was a much cheaper mm-hmm. game to make because the engine was already there, all the tools right, were yeah. there. Yeah. So by that point, it's just, it's like an expansion. So yeah, so I, yeah. I couldn't tell you why this game exists from a business perspective. Like, it, yeah. I, it does not seem in any way, like, even remotely close to a winning or business, money-making proposition. But mm. it does, it's pretty fun. It's not perfect, but it's fun, and there's nothing else like it on Xbox One. Yeah, I bet and not. it's a real, honest to goodness fucking RTS on PC. Yeah, that's and great. It's exclusive, if you really care about that. Yeah, like you've yeah. been looking for something that you couldn't play anywhere else. Yeah, um, and it's I the play anywhere stuff is really cool. Just being able to go back and forth between consoles, between console and PC, and just having yeah. your save be there, and like, well, buying it once is always a nice. Yeah, no also it has like it's it like every play anywhere game has been just sort of like head and shoulders above everything else with like graphic options and this mm. does not change and it runs really well very cool i'm glad to hear that yeah i'll play it i won't pay a hundred dollars for the extra advance version Probably <laughs> first letter from michael uh he says i wanted to know your thoughts on e3 being open to the public this year E3 has always seemed like the holy grail of gaming to me. Choose poorly and you'll get fucking killed. I, along with most people, I think, have built it up so much in my head that the reality most likely won't match the fantasy. How, if at all, will this affect your E3 experience this year? And thinking back before you had gone to E3, what would you tell your former self to go? Uh, I'll say this. Uh, not at all. Not a fucking no, all. Don't. It won't change my, my life at but all. But I'll say this. I'll yeah. say this. Because uh, I feel like, I don't know, maybe... Oh no, Arthur has two. 
Like, I was trying to think of, like, who of us has gone to a gaming convention as just a fan? Like, I definitely went to PAX a couple I, times I've been to, as I, not a professional. I went to PAX a couple times. Prof- yeah. I went to Rebel Panels as a fan before I... Before okay, I, yeah, because I, I was like, I've done the whole, I'm going to sit here for Even, two hours and wait for a demo, like, and... Yeah. The first PAX I went to, like, I went with you when you were at 1UP. Ah. Uh, so, like, we were hanging out with 1UP people and, uh, like... We got to, mm. we had media badges when that was the thing and had ah. like the, the hour before the show opened for <laughs> right, everybody right, else. Right. So like I've done the whole, like I went to PAX, waited forever in line for all it. I mm-hmm. would say that E3 for people that get let in publicly will be no different than that. It will be worse. Yeah. Because, There's yeah, because that's true because you'll be competing with a bunch of vendors and everything else. Yeah. Uh, and but, the stuff that you're waiting for is never hands-on. And is it always open to the public, or is it just a day like Tokyo Game Show? I think it's always open I, to the public. I think it's a multi-day pass. Yeah, it's a multi-day pass. But that doesn't get you into press conferences. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. The cool things that you associate with being the Holy Grail are the press conferences. It doesn't get you into the sort of the night crazy behind scenes. You're not going to get to go see, for instance, if they have it there. Like, let's say they announced Bioshock 4. I'm not saying I know anything or anything like that. I don't fucking know. But you wouldn't get to see Bioshock 4. You no. would be Bioshock 4 by a very close appointment only. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah, you you and you walk up and they'll be like, "Who do you work who do you work for?" and they'll be like, "I oh, know, you can You, you yeah. certainly <laughs> wouldn't be playing anything." Yeah. 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 Uh, like Microsoft and Sony like their have booths the, have, will have a lot have of their most stations. Will, yeah. And most of those you have to wait in line unless you press. Right. And it's like you won't be playing Call of Duty. Or, They'll have videos yeah. looping in the booths and stuff. But it really will feel a lot like a PAX or something. Yeah. There will be some games to play, but they might be older games. Like the new and hot shit won't be necessarily available to you. There might be some smaller company stuff there. Yeah, but I, I was like, going to say, like, I have no idea about, like, the big companies and what their perspective is going to be. But I know for smaller companies, they love PAX because exactly. it's, it's like they it's can affordable. go... Yeah, it's affordable, and when they go and they have, like, a whole bunch of members of the public play, it's, like, a three-day instant feedback play test for a bunch of people that they consider their audience for their games, and they really like it for that reason. Um, I don't know if, like, Microsoft or Sony... I mean, obviously... The, the ESA is an industry trade organization that's formed by these member companies. So Microsoft, EA, Sony, they must have all found value in having it open to the public. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. This to me feels like just an attempt to get the attendance numbers back up to like, quote, record numbers. Yeah, but I mean, like I thought that, uh, I mean, I can totally understand that. But the reason why they closed it, the reason why they started cracking down on anybody who wasn't industry back in the day was because the numbers were too high and not enough business was happening. Sure. That's true, too. And there are like fire code restrictions and stuff like that. And also there's concern about theft. But I just think like you'll go on the show floor, but a lot of the best shit is like on the upstairs in a random hallway. Or even press isn't really Mm -hmm. allowed unless they have a specific appointment. Right. It's like Walmart vendors and stuff like that. Or these people like when I saw the Star Wars 1313, that was not on the show floor. No. Even the hidden room. That was a small little tiny space Mm -hmm. LucasArts had rented out. Like, you know, it was like, so I just feel like, (laughs) I feel like, I feel like the value for consumers, like, obviously I'm not going to E3 and I can't really speak to it, but I, I still feel like things like PAX or other smaller gaming conventions will have more value to the average consumer. As far as like, if you're there to play shit that's new and you've never tried before. Yeah. If you just want to walk around a giant convention space and like, you you will get to play games if you go to E3. Yeah. Like, That'd if be- you do go, you will play games. Now, you will probably not get to play the games that you're most going to want to play unless you're going to show right when the doors open and wait in line for three or four hours. Yeah. 
but the other the other side of that is that like you just get to walk around experience lots of cool shit there will be lots of stuff that will be playing on monitors there will be like demos from there'll be stage show stuff like stage like ign and twitch and and GameSpot. like there there's stuff to go and watch there's a bunch of like esports comp or like peripheral companies famous people to you famous people to you i should say because yeah you know like and and famous people because there there are celebrities that walk i definitely went through the sony booth one time and as i was moving from station to station fucking frodo was right behind me station to station, so. <laughs> that dude is at everything though i was waiting he was in line with me to buy an xbox 360 at zero hour yeah um, i'll still never forget I, uh, this is why i was still media like sitting backstage at the activision booth and like sitting down like right behind right behind this was uh trent reznor and and like ryan and i were just like look Look, it's Trent Reznor. Look, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that being said, I, I did think uh, usually Sony allows a chunk of public to its press. Oh conference. yeah, no, they invite yeah. they yeah. they fill it with yeah. community, and yeah. I think Microsoft has started doing something similar. Although, so you might be able to get into some of them. You know? Yeah, but Nintendo won't even have one. But that's not like Are because they? is you, Nintendo having one? I don't think so. Okay, I, I don't think so. Don't they they, they, they have for a while, but I my my life at E three is going to a booth to the to the check-in desk at a booth and telling someone who i am and who where i'm from and giving them my like giving them my business card and then someone coming out and getting me and me going back mm-hmm. and even if it's like a demo station it's me being walked over by someone in a suit and going to someone with a game t-shirt on and telling them this person needs to go next and skipping past the line like None of this stuff affects me or my yeah. job or what I have to do. Also, the number the number of tickets they're offering is like a five percent increase or like a five or ten percent increase on the attendance. It's like not even that large. I I think maybe they're they're not their non civilian population was lower this year than it was last year. Like, yeah. or they were worried it would be. But I don't think that you should go to E three as a fan, I, because PAX. If you're going to PAX just to play games, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, you go to PAX to go to talks and like you mm-hmm. you could wait in line all day at PAX and play two games if yeah. that yeah. for like half an hour. And yeah. it and eighty three it, it's less because the show floor is open for less time. Yeah, uh, it's true. It closes at like five thirty. Yeah, and they're they're hardcore. It's oh, like yeah. fucking teamsters and security you're guards out. going through like yeah. kicking everybody out. Yeah. Like and at PAX, there's a ton of shit to do. Like and see and buy and yeah the show forecloses but then there are a ton of panels and there are people all over and there are events there's stuff that goes all night at PAX. and and that's not what E3 is and if you're like just some random dude and you you go to like the the bar where all the industry people are like they're not there to talk to to fans like they're there to like forget about the fact that they've been up for seventeen It'll hours be a lot already like the first yeah. time Arthur and I went to GDC. We never bothered anybody. We didn't bother anybody. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying that we didn't feel like we could either. No. It's just like we obviously, it wasn't like. It was exciting it was to not see people that we we re- liked and respected, like all the one-up people. But it's like, we can't talk to them. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of people don't have those boundaries. But, like, you're not, you'll get a, if you stop me as a fan at E3, like, I will be friendly because I'm grateful that you that you support my stuff in whatever way but i do not have the time or energy to like engage you, much as a human being you probably will keep be like you'll keep walking you'll be like hey nice nice to see you and keep walking because like you, most people are like down to the minute schedule yeah e3 always felt a little bit like running from college classes where you only had like five minutes yeah to exactly get to class. Yeah. like i don't have time to spend with people that i know and like 
I, or I even love I, 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 I didn't see you I don't think that entire show no yeah, I everything. think maybe like I would wander past the IGN fishbowl and like <laughs> wave and, <laughs> and like wave to you or to Brian or, or Max yeah and that's it yeah like yeah you're, you're running from you appointment night. to appointment to yeah. appointment yeah E3 might have been more exciting if they'd let the public in like like this like like 10 years ago when mm-hmm. Kent Hall still had the weird Maybe. shit. <laughs> and, and like, I don't, I, it sounds like I don't like E3, but I do like E3. I'm like one of the people I know who likes E3 the most, mm-hmm. but, but I'm just very practical about it. And, it, and it's, yeah, yeah I'm it, not saying I don't like it either, but I'm saying that I feel like there's more value in these other shows. Yeah, I don't think that you should go. It's, it's an industry event, like made, made for a very specific thing for, 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 and it's different things for different, different, like it's different for, uh, uh, Twitch and Polygon and IGN than it is for necessarily the vendors who are there for game, uh, Sony, g- Microsoft, GameStop, oh, and, and, and all uh, all those places. Like the, I'm yeah. gonna be honest, like I don't know what ninety percent of the people at E3 are doing there, like because they're they're not pressing, they're not the buyers for places. Like I have no idea what they're doing. Well, the, uh, like, well, the people I mean, who wait in line for seven hours to see like. Oh yeah, demos like or to play a game for ten minutes. I have no I idea. I think a lot, well, a lot of, like GameStop employees. Yeah, that happens. A lot of GameStop. Employees. I was going to guess yeah. a lot of them are, are also uh, low level employees at game developers. Maybe mm-hmm. like like. Uh, but even then, like yeah. a lot of times, those people have friends that can get them. But they, and there there are there are a ton of like smaller websites where people are there too, and they don't have the connection to have appointments, and they will wait in line so that they can put up a blog post about that one big and game on like their the small sad site. Thing is, I don't know that that actually does any traffic for them. And yeah, maybe maybe not, but it, it's you know it makes them happy. Or, sure. or if it makes you if it makes you happy to wait in line for seven hours for a thing, and you know then, like the, maybe they don't want a shit ton of traffic. Maybe all they need is to keep the people who read their site happy and that makes the people who read their right. site happy. or they, they want to they're just trying to write more samples so they can yeah get, they can have experience to apply to a company and like please yeah. don't ever apply with an e3 sample to something <laughs> um or i guess they're there for swag like a lot of people really like swag Even although that's, like, that's been toned down considerably yeah, it's been way toned down there's not near enough swag is there yeah. near, near enough there's the not only, near as much as the only swag i've left e3 with over the past three years were the dead rising for christmas socks last year <laughs> yeah. i left with a i turned down clap track turned it all down replica yeah. at one point <laughs> and uh a couple of shirts if i liked them like that's what it came down to there was a couple of shirts i was like oh, they're the worst shirts this is actually occasionally i was like oh this is like but this was one they weren't handing out they were just like kind of had and i was like that's tasteful I'd, yeah sure i'd take one of those yeah um for me it doesn't affect what i do at all because i'm usually in a booth locked down <laughs> with an exhibitor pass so meaning i i get in before even press does yeah um, just because like i we usually running production which means i have to be there like hours beforehand the only times uh, I've been at E3 since starting Area 5 was for client gigs. And uh, usually when I when I went, I would get an exhibitor badge from our client, but I would also still have a few people that I could reach out to to get a yeah. media badge. So I would have both because the exhibitor badge would let me in early so that we could get everything set up. And the media badge would actually let me walk around everywhere that I wanted to. Yeah. Or you know, needed to. I don't know. I just feel like having gone to... All the trade sh- big trade shows except for Tokyo Game Show. I think that uh, 
Packs is definitely the best in the states. Yeah, just, I, I, Tokyo I, Game Show is fun for very different. I reasons. think Gamescom would be really fun as a Gamescom person. is amazing if you're in a fan because because it's nothing but fans. Yeah, pretty much because all of the press stuff happens in a completely it's different a, hall and a, and a business part. It's, it's, business it's like completely separate. It's like so weird. Like that's really E3. that's actually really smart. Yeah, like they yeah. have like a micro E3 within the E3, and they have, usually have a lot more because one, it's a little bit later in the year, so it's either stuff that's being released closer to holiday yeah so there's more builds and they have a ton more stations yeah so mm-hmm. you're, you're going to wait in line for a couple hours but, but i'm saying like, if you're an american going over there then you also have the benefit of being in a cool foreign foreign city and you can yeah, clone's amazing like yeah. it's it's seriously one of yeah. my favorite places on earth and um, then the uh the i'm wondering why when i heard about that they were going to let in people my thought was that like they were going to do it like tokyo game show where there was like most of it was going to be industry as normal and then the last day or last two days would be you know public days that, that would make a little bit more sense because usually uh thursday is pretty quiet like yeah. in terms of the amount of people there so but they if, also like, close an hour earlier on thursday that's true i wonder if they would say well yeah i don't know it, it my, my favorite thing about having exhibitor passes you get to stay on the floor after it closes and <laughs> yeah. see how quickly they tear down everything it's nuts it happens so fast yeah you you, you, you see them setting up for, it's like a week ahead of time usually mm-hmm. or like i would say about four or five days ahead of time mm-hmm. of like setting up all the booths and then it's mostly torn down and packed up by the end of that night yeah like they, they're rolling up the carpet that's like in between all the booths like yep. within, well it's all within part an of their union two. agreements too like yep. any of the any stuff that like takes longer or especially goes in the next day costs way amount extra money too. Yeah. So it has to be torn down. Yeah, us. there's like there's different types of uh, union rules of like where yeah. you can put stuff. You you <laughs> literally have like a line that like you can't nothing can be in this aisle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so we were we were like packing up all of our like um, our gear last year and they kept they kept they kept remind, coming by and reminding us <laughs> politely yeah. as union as <laughs> union folks do they they, they need, need to be moved. I got my first press conference pre-invite today for e3 fuck me microsoft <laughs> yeah they just announced theirs is on sunday at two and ea is doing shit on saturday oh god and it's getting earlier and earlier <laughs> everybody wants to be in front of everybody they're else. doing something in june on a saturday in hollywood fuck you <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be hot and it's going to be crowded before the extra people from their thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now we need what do we need to get there on Friday? I Probably. Mean, no, I'll be there much earlier than that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll I'm be not there. setting up a booth. <laughs> yeah. I just have to bring my corpse <laughs> and a laptop and a laptop. Possibly more than one laptop, depending on the year. Sometimes I bring my surface because um, the battery lasts longer. Oh, uh, yeah. No, but no, yeah, it's going to be a. A week long thing. It'll be more than that, probably. Yeah. All right. Any other letters? I'll do one or two more. Michael <laughs> writes in another Michael. He says, Wondering what you guys think Microsoft's plans for E3 will be now that we know they are going a day earlier than usual. Does this mean no Scorpio <laughs> reveal beforehand? Also, the Play Anywhere game seem to be starting to flow out. Do you think this will be a focus at E3? Yes. Uh, That's you will hear 4K 60 at like native 4k over and over again for better or for worse i think the games don't need to be native 4k to look a lot better uh you will you will see microsoft tout system specs and system power over sony at every opportunity and i think one of the reasons they're going on sunday is so that other people can show scorpio games at 4k for Mm -hmm. the rest of the week um 
and also Crazy. so that they can like have stuff to show after Sony's press conference or whatever. Mm. I don't know. The um yeah. I mean that makes sense to me. Uh because you know like 4K TV prices are dropping and are going to drop again in April when all the CES stuff starts to hit. Is that when it hits? Yeah. I, there really wasn't like a ton of new stuff at CES yeah, for would, HGTVs. No, uh but there was for there was some new TV stuff, but there was I I guess I'm thinking more of monitors. Like uh there's definitely a bunch of new super high-end 4K HDR monitors that are going to start dropping in April, which is good for me because that means that like all the monitors that I actually would buy as opposed to those ones that I can't afford are going to drop in price. So anyway, uh, got another one. Yeah. I thought that one would take us longer. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I like, I think that you're going to yes see yes. them announce VR support for Oculus mm. like, and whatever other th- manufacturers are making their cheap 3d like VR headsets, but nothing that Microsoft is making. Um, I don't know. Scorpio so, is going to be the big thing. It's mm. funny that, that they're going so much earlier now. I mean, it depends on when Sony is at this point. They'll go the same time they always go. Yeah. It's just like in the past they had had, we had heard like rumors that they had been changing things in those presentations, like based on what Microsoft announced. Um, rumors. Rumors. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Quote unquote. Yeah. Um, that now they'll have a lot more time to respond. So that, that, that I, it suggests to me that Microsoft doesn't think they need yeah. like the space. They think they're fine. I, it's just interesting. It is, it's not that yeah, no, no, that won't necessarily. It, it also gives them like a full day. Yeah. Yeah. And with like Scorpio, I imagine stuff. they're pretty confident they're going to be able to control the new I, cycle for console. The, the way the press conference stuff has worked recently i feel like microsoft has generally been thought to have had a pretty good presentation and then Mm -hmm. like sony's volume is similar but because they go later in the day people spend more time talking about it yeah and so maybe they think that if they've got like a whole day before the press conference that like people won't so quickly forget what happened that morning Mm -hmm. um but i don't know is bethesda doing their thing again this year i'm sure that they are yeah it's probably sunday too Yeah, and then Ubisoft will be Monday, yeah. um, and Sony will be Monday, and then there will be showcases and stuff. Craziness. You know, we haven't it's crazy seen to while. start thinking about all that stuff already, and GDC isn't uh, uh, it's about two weeks what away. What haven't we seen in a while? Red Dead? That game was announced, and then... I mean, that's... I mean, it's Rockstar, that's Rockstar's thing. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. Rockstar just being Rockstar. Uh... But what yeah. if it's in 4K on Scorpio on Sunday? That, that's that's what I'm saying. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm wondering if they're going to wait till that time. I wouldn't bet money on that because Rockstar doesn't do that usually. But if Microsoft is saying we'll give you 10 minutes to show your game in 4K on Scorpio on Sunday before mm-hmm. anybody else shows everything anything else, then maybe they'll bite. We'll literally open with your game, yep. yeah. please. So uh, Andrew Mann writes in, and he says, "Any chance you'll visit Pack South someday?" I used to run into y'all at PAX Prime almost every year, and I even had dinner with us, except James, in 2009 at the Daily Grill across the street. (laughs) It would be... This guy is, like, probably a little bit my height, but very skinny, maybe half Mexican-looking kid. 
I could be wrong about that, but he There's had been a, too many packs. He had a handshake like a motherfucker. Yeah. That's, what I <laughs> That's how you remember. Him. I mean, it felt like like that guy was that guy could give Trump a run for his money. With his handshakes. <laughs> well, no, so. Trump Trump handshakes are all about like bullying, you know, yanking, bullying you. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, he didn't yank. He just crushed the Justin, yeah. Justin Trudeau. The, the that was so big, good. Canadian PM who's yeah. just like boo, just like grabbed on <laughs> and just like like he wouldn't let him pull. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was a good video. Uh, I, so sorry, Andrew Man. What? He's just wondering if we, were, if we would ever go to Pack South. I am. January is not the time to go to a, an event. <laughs> I may for work, but where is it at? Uh, San, San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, not, not Dallas. Not Austin. In San Antonio. <laughs> I don't people people San like San Antonio. I don't know anything about San. Antonio. I mean, there's nowhere to, to do it in Austin and Dallas is Dallas, yeah. but I mean, chances. I mean, like, I would love to get to a point in my life. Where I could spend one year just going to every single PAX, <laughs> but that is an extremely unlikely. I, I imagine that I am going to be very poor and very busy for the rest of my life. So that's just kind of way it's going to be. Um, do one more quick one, or yeah, we'll do one more quick one. Let me see. And you guys got to get out of my house. Now we got to <laughs> get out of Arthur's house. He's going to kick us to the curb. It's got reviews to write. Got work to do. Here, we'll do a quick one. This is someone who writes in all the time. T. Van Cease. I don't know how to say his first name. <laughs> he says, I honestly want to ask a game question, but instead I'll ask you this. What was the last piece of art you bought? Painting, print, or statue? Wow. Probably one of the church's prints on my wall. Yeah. Um, I probably bought one of Ali Moss's prints that I need to get, still need to get framed. Getting right, right frame sizes can can suck. Mine was a corgi coffee cup <laughs> and a corgi pillow hand sewn by some local artist. That's great. At a craft fair <laughs> for my girlfriend. I we love went it. to a craft fair. She was selling stuff. She took a walk around and was like, "That fucking booth." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'll go pick up some some stuff." I love it. Uh, I I bought a poster of. Uh, Ray from The Force Awakens done in the Miyazaki style. Oh, cool. I like the Miyazaki movies yeah. uh, for someone for a gift. Last Studio year. Ghibli style? Studio Ghibli style, yeah. Nice. That sounds good. awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought it was a really good gift. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I don't really buy art, to be honest. That's I try fun. not to buy anything physical anymore. Fuck artists. I Yeah. I don't I, deserve I, to get paid. I love having art. Like, art, art was a thing that I between my two parents who who parents were either involved in the arts my grandfather was an art professor yeah uh, an interior designer um wow. and so i've inherited a lot of art yeah and then uh just grown up like t- being told to support the arts so yeah yeah definitely the, it, it comes with the appreciation of of certain things i've always said that like if i but like eleanor has some pictures and stuff that we've put up and i have like an old print of starry night by van gogh that's up in the kitchen you know things like that um, so there's a few things in our house, but what I would actually love to do at some point if I ever have money would be to find a local artist that I like mm-hmm. and actually, you know, patron a local artist by buying a couple of their stuff. 
Well, we I, all failed that question, by the way. We were all supposed to say whatever video game we bought last, guys. Oh, okay. right, <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go buy some fucking Amiibos. <laughs> True art sculpted out there by real human send beings. letters to letters <laughs> at eat-sleep-game.com. <laughs> yep, we're all on Twitter. I'm at Chef Money. Matt is at Talking Orange. Arthur's at A-E-G-I-E-S. And James is at James underscore Faulkner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find him for all the hot Twitch things. You can actually uh, send at James Faulkner at James underscore Fogner, all your current Twitch support requests. No, please don't. Miss. <laughs> that, they send that to at Twitch support, at, at twi- Twitch underscore support. Yeah. CC anyway. at James Faulkner. No, please yeah, don't. Every, every, every time. There's so have, many people that hit up that. Every time you have like bandwidth problems. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're going to let Arthur write his Halo Wars things. So go check that out on polygon.com. And with that, we're out. Have fun. Go buy art. <laughs>